Earlier today, I got to sit down with Corey Richardson and Xavier Pope, uh, both authors, both political-minded folks, both legal-minded folks, uh, both great Chicagoans, about the events in Washington, D.C. yesterday. I asked them about accountability and responsibility. Who should be, you know, held to consequences about all of this? Here's what they said. So when we talk about who is responsible, let's not just put it at the top. Let's name some names because, look, Kevin McCarthy, who is the the, 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 uh, Republican minority leader in the House, could have very easily had a meeting with all of his members and said, listen up, we ain't doing this. All right. And if you think you're going to go ahead and do it, I'm going to put you on the worst committees. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to make sure that you don't see the light of day because he has that power. But instead, Kevin McCarthy said, if y'all want to go, go. Mitch McConnell told his caucus, this is not going to end the way you think it will. Because Mitch Mm -hmm. McConnell, for as awful as he may be as a person, is a shrewd politician. And he understood that the end game was, there was no end game that was going to end up working out for Republicans. Right? And so Mitch McConnell yesterday delivered a speech where he excoriated everybody involved. Right? And it was two and a half years too late. It was, it was, it was far too late, far too little. And, and, and after the fact, and so we asked me who's going to be held accountable, probably a couple of DC police officers, Capitol police officers, maybe that guy who broke into Nancy Pelosi's office, a couple of folks who Sean King puts up on his Instagram feed. And we'll, 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 we'll walk away from that and say, well, they'll, they'll walk away from that and say, well, we got some justice. Right? And we'll, we'll be expected to turn the page. But the fact is, insurrection is now inculcated into the next administration. The Biden-Harris administration, Obama had to deal with birtherism right, and obstruction. These folks have to deal with insurrection. And I don't know how politically you can operate where the opposition party it's not a difference of opinion, right? It's not like, well, we believe one thing and you believe another. The opposition party does not believe that you are legitimate. The opposition party does not believe that you belong in your office. Republicans have to make a decision. Republicans, not Trumpists, Republicans have to make a decision. If you are a Republican, you need to decide today whether you resign from the party or you stay. Because if you stay, you have to realize that over half of your congressional delegation now is the Trump delegation. Half of your caucus is pro-Trump. Or you resign and you decide that you are more aligned with your conservative values, your conservative principles, and your conservative ideals than sedition, insurrection, and tearing down the republic. It's just that simple, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not a hard decision to make. And so guys like Adam Kinzinger, Right, who 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 are trying to make a principled, you know, statement. Guy like Mitt Romney gets up last night, tries to make a principled statement. Well, do you stay in that party? Because it's no longer what you thought it was. It isn't what it used to be. Do you do you move on? Because America needs a opposition party that is loyal. America needs an opposition party that is rational. America needs an opposition party that will actually work to make America work. When you have an opposition party that's acting as a matador to insurrection, 
what can we actually accomplish over the next four years? Yeah, that goes back to we've had this in our, in our history before after the the compromise eighteen fifty two before the Civil War. Um, the, the breaking down of the Wake Party, eventually splintering into two groups that eventually led to the birth of the Republican Party, um, was the westward expansion of slavery in the United States of America. Um, and that basically just complete, completely splintering that party, and eventually the, the Wake Party was no more. Um, and I, and we, we think so much in this current stasis of that Republican Party and the Democratic Party um, haven't changed over time what they have. And so after the Southern strategy would happen and flipping over the Republican party we see today and, and the, the, the changing over during the civil rights era. So it isn't new that parties change and, and become something new. And I think we're at an inflection point right now where the Republican party itself is, is, is trying to decide what it is. Um, you, you, the Lincoln project became very popular and successful. Rick Warren um, being a new set of never, the never Trumpers, what is the party that they're going to occupy to be able to stand for conservative principles and values, knowing that there's the other half of that party that's not, and how they redefine themselves in American politics to be able to to, to govern? Um, and I think that um, we will see in the next um, few cycles uh, a additional, maybe we may have three to four political parties in this country, which I believe actually is a good thing. I don't believe in the two-party system. I think it's anti-democratic. Um, and coalesces ideas um, that can lead to strongmen that got us to Trump, like George Washington um, warned of us in his farewell address. So it is really interesting to see what's going to move forward. But I think that we, the Republican Party, will not exist as we know it in the, uh, in the next few years. Yesterday was a very concrete example of a few different things. First of all, walls don't work. Second of all, uh, white privilege in action. We saw white privilege in action action and third we now know that the police can use non-deadly force that there are levels of policing and they just don't apply to everybody i'm i don't i hate to use the term silver lining when i talk about this but it is kind of like thanks for handing us this this thing this very tangible thing that we can now point to when trying to disprove these myths is this something that folks will be able to uh, point to for years to come? Or is there some sort of uh, kung fu magic that these sorts of Trumpers will be able to say, no, 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 that's not what happened there at all? Well, in the court of law, if that's not applied to the officers that kill people, we also we saw which, which recently it's a, Tamir Rice and, and I bring in um, folks to justice there and the Justice Department, and, and we, uh, Jacob Blake, the officers that shot him in the back in front of his kids. Um, if if that's not able to be used in a trial, <laughs> it's useless. Um, it doesn't have any legal authority whatsoever. Um, I wish they could use it in court. Like, see, with the with the video of a walking uh, princess, uh, capital Karen down the steps, um, and then showing what happened in a police officer's officer in the quote unquote an officer involved shooting uh if that could be used as a legal basis it would be but like we said george i uh, talked earlier george floyd was killed and um and their protest that took place and then we had a significant drop in the support of black lives matter just two months later this the you know, white folks thought they could just read white fragility by robert d'angelo uh re started reading cast and, and have a book club and oh 
ice supremacy is solved. I'm good. I'm resolved of all my duty. And now we can get back to the business. If as long as people see what happened yesterday as a distraction from their daily lives and not um, something that's important to address um, racial disparity, um, then it's not going to matter. People just want to just go ahead and just get just keep keep sipping their lattes and enjoying their life unimpeded. Corey? Again, it goes back to the difference between law enforcement and public safety. If you're black or you're brown, you get law enforcement, right? Law enforcement is separating kids from their parents at the border. Law enforcement is putting your knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Law enforcement is punitive. Law enforcement is harsh. Law enforcement hurts. Public safety is what you get when you are of the complexion of protection right, where you get walked down the stairs, where someone tries to reason with you as you are sitting behind the, the dais at the United States Senate, where no one is supposed to be on the floor unless you are a U.S. senator. You get public safety, right? And if we can't reconcile the difference between law enforcement, and law enforcement is a guy in a car with a gun driving around the south side of Chicago right now looking for someone who is breaking the law versus public safety, which is someone who is probably in court right now who got arrested in Lincoln Park with an eight ball of cocaine who is going to get put on probation and or even get a program, right? Because they're we want to keep the public safe. We want to make sure that you're going to be okay, right? That's the fundamental difference in America. You either fall on one side or the other. You're either part of the law enforcement community where you are going to get the laws enforced on you or you're part of the public safety community where somebody's going to try to protect you and look out for your own best interests. And I don't see how we get through any of this until we reconcile the fundamental problem, which is our inability to, to everything. To, people think everything needs to be fair, and it's not about fair. Right? We have to understand there's three different things. There's right, which is right. There's what's fair. There's what's just. Right. The right thing to do would be to try to get us back to business as usual. The fair thing to do would be to try to figure out how we can accommodate all parties. But the just thing to do here is to understand, recognize whose fault this is, call them out for it, recognize that they're at fault, but also recognize that there are groups of people in this country who need a little bit more help and the little groups of people in this country who need a little bit less help. And everybody understanding that nodding and going along with it while we try to get to some form of equity in society. But until we understand the difference between law enforcement, public safety, fair, right, and just, we ain't going to get there. You're listening to Jill Afternoons on Vocalo. I'm Jill Hopkins. Thank you to Xavier Pope. He is a lawyer. He is the host of the Suit Up podcast, and he's a sports legal analyst. Thank you to Corey Richardson. He's an author and a dad. He's the author of the book, We Used to Have Money, Now We Have You, A Dad's Bedtime Story. You can find Corey at Vexed in the City and Xavier at Xavier Pope on Twitter. Both great follows.